Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Hello and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name is Mike Bernard and I am your host. Thanks for being with us. Like Jeff, I am a certified financial planner professional. And this show is all about helping you discover what matters most and helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with your goals. We combine excellence in wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area. All right, Jeff, what's new with you and your team as we move through the second half of the year? Well, you know, Mike, we just continue to get up every day and, and try to help our clients create the clarity and confidence to live a great life as, as they define it. And, and of course, our listeners know that, um, that I'm passionate about helping people create the clarity and capacity to pursue their vision of a, of a meaningful life. Um, you know, many years ago, I, I read Jim Collins' book, Great by Choice, and he discusses um, a successful explorer many years ago who made a commitment every day to get up and do 20 miles. He did a 20-mile march. So bad weather, 20-mile march. Good weather, 20-mile march. You know, steep hills, 20-mile march. Down in the valley, 20-mile march. And while the pace wasn't rapid, it, it did require discipline, and they ultimately reached their goals. So I guess we're just trying to do our 20-mile march every day and, and doing those things every day that we believe will help our clients live a great life knowing um, we know that if we help people do that, we'll, we'll reach our goals. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I, I love it. That's great. So I know today we've got another guest yes, on the program. Yes, we do. I'm, I'm really excited about today. Uh, you know, in the podcast, we are trying to combine timely wealth management topics with encouragement around how to have a meaningful life, and in the case of many of our clients, a second half that's better than the first half. And and I've thought for some time, you know, one of the core values that we can bring is to be a resource, you know, be a filter or a resource provider and, and you know, filter out some of the noise and, and bring resources or people that that uh, that can help them accomplish you know their purpose and to do this it occurred to me that you know our listeners might benefit from some of the relationships that you and I run across to have really interesting stories um, so so that's the idea and um, as we delve into these these topics around money and meaning that's great that's right all right so what's the theme this week and why don't you introduce today's guest y- yeah so when I went to the halftime Institute back in 2013 they gave me a really a really cool cop- uh, coffee table book called halftime stories and it was stories of individuals who had made a transition in the second half to work that moved them from success to significance. 
And, you know, last month, as we were hearing about Mulai and his incredible story, it occurred to me that it might be fun to have money and meaning stories and invite some guests on who are making an impact in the second half. And I know their stories can be inspirational. They certainly are to me. Uh, And they may be encouraging to our audience as they think about how to find meaning and purpose in, in their second half. So... In that vein, I'm really excited to have my friend Rick Thompson join us today. I I met Rick many years ago, back in 2001, I believe, but didn't really get to know him until the last you know several years. And of course, anyone at our church will recognize Rick and Nancy Thompson as is really truly amazing, an amazing couple. Currently, Rick is the co-founder and executive director of Champions Community Foundation, an Atlanta-based public charity that serves young adults with physical disabilities due to conditions such as cerebral palsy, spina bifida, muscular dystrophy, and so forth. The foundation supports both Titan wheelchair sports and Champions Play. So welcome, Rick Thompson. Well, Jeff, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad glad to have you tell a little bit about about your story and, and of course, Champions Place. And something I, yeah. I normally like to just start with, Rick, is do you mind just starting off just telling us a little bit about yourself and, and your family? Sure, happy to. I, uh, I am married to uh, my wife, Nancy, that I met at Bucknell University. We are coming up on our 39th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have three children. We got Katie, Rob, and Matt. And uh, I'm sure they'll come into the story here shortly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am certain. So Cornell, <laughs> Cornell is. Buck, Bucknell. I'm sorry, Bucknell. I've, I've done that to you before. Bucknell. <laughs> Buck, uh, Bucknell is located where? Is it located in central Pennsylvania, the middle of nowhere? So <laughs> I. I, uh, a little town called Lewisburg. Uh, the only other thing in Lewisburg other than Bucknell is a federal penitentiary. And we used to go play soccer against them. That was kind of fun. Is oh, that right? Okay, so you grew up in that but, area? And No, um, I grew up in upstate New York, actually okay. born in Canada, grew up in upstate New York. And uh, Nancy grew up in New Jersey, and it's kind of equidistant. We met at Bucknell senior year. Okay, very, yep. very cool. So as you were growing up in uh, upstate New York and ultimately going to school at Bucknell, what were your, do you remember what your early life goals were? What were the things that you thought you were going to do when you, when you got out into the world? Well, early, early stuff, it was all about sports. Um, you know, I was a typical kid, athlete, and uh, Played soccer at Bucknell. Nancy was a cheerleader, and and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, we 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 thought we were the the the, the perfect match, and we were gonna just pull life off uh, perfectly together. And uh, I'd say my goals were really, uh, if it comes to life goals at that time, I'm not sure I really sat down and wrote these down. But one was to build a family with Nancy, and the second was, as I was taught by and, and many of us were by our parents that came out of that, you know, World War II service kind of that, that generation was to work hard, don't complain, win, be number one, you know. And I think that <laughs> translated to my, my business life. That yeah. sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, does, that does sound familiar. So, so you were an athlete at, uh, I, I mean, I know you're an athlete now, but you're an athlete back at, uh, back, back, back at Bucknell, Bucknell. So when you graduated from college, where did you... Where did you go from there? Well, I, uh, you know, the rest of my friends, they went to uh, 
hitchhike around Europe and I had a job, so I had to go to work. I should have probably <laughs> deferred that. But I went to work for a company called Eastman Kodak. And heard, I assume, heard of them? <laughs> have you heard of them? Yeah. I'm not sure they're still No, but it was a great company. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I started off with them. And uh, then I, uh, for 18 years, and worked with for a company called Lexmark for 17 years after that. But that was... Uh, you know, sales, sales management, uh, getting into general management, running a couple businesses. And uh, yeah, I like to call that the all about me phase of my life where I moved my wife and kids seven times. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, the Halftime yeah. Institute, we, we they, they 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 show an S curve, you know, where the first part of our journey, we're learning and we're going backwards. We're going down the first part of the S. And then you go up as you're as you're creating the S, and so that's kind of yep. where you were in that phase. You were building a career and building titles yep. and yes. um, and attaboys yeah. and pats on the back and bonuses. And and I'm sure, knowing you today, I'm I'm sure you were uh, contributing to society in some meaningful way. But I, I I was the same way in in the first phase of my career and just trying to build. You know, build my kingdom, if you will, in terms right. of accomplishments and titles and and all those yep. kinds of things. So, yeah. So you so and, and so you were with um, Eastman Kodak eighteen years, Lexmark for seventeen years, and through both of those, it sounded like you had a series of advances or promotions or larger territory, those kind of things. Is that is that kind of what That's it, how it sort yes. of mapped out? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you nailed it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, something else we talked about at the Halftime Institute is we learned that many of us move into our second half calling because of something in our life that really pushes us to make dramatic changes. And um, I know Bob Buford recommended a book by Richard Rohr called Falling Upward, and it's a powerful book, but he talks about how God uses falling or challenging circumstances or things that weren't exactly the way that we had envisioned them. And, you know, God uses these difficult or, or these challenges to really reveal who we truly are, our true, our true self or our, or our true calling. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your family's story and, and why you've become so passionate about the mission of Champions Community Foundation? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'd, I'd say those plans that Nancy and I had um, – uh, they they didn't turn out the way Nancy and I thought they were going to, but I, I imagine yeah. everybody that's listening has got a similar situation. Yeah. We uh, Nancy and I were married and uh, fairly early in life, and and, and our second move, we're living out in California, about you know thousands of miles from family. Right. And we had our first child when we were 26, and Katie was born premature. And she was one pound, nine ounces uh, back in 1983. You can imagine, wow. you know, the science today versus uh, 40 years ago, wow. right? Almost 40 years ago. Yeah. So so Katie was uh, born one pound, nine ounces, and she ended up being severely handicapped. Mm. And to be honest, we didn't really know what she had. We knew that something was wrong, but um, we couldn't diagnose it. And so... Two years ago, or excuse me, two years after that, we had our, our second, Rob, who is, uh, uh, use the word normal in quotes, right? Right. Um, 
But uh, Rob was fine. But shortly after Katie, uh, Rob was born, Katie went into uh, the hospital with an emergency and mm. having to do a choking. And she was in the hospital for three months. And at the age 29, uh, Nancy and I had to sign a DNR after three months because the doctor said they couldn't correct what she had. So we lost our first child at, at, wow. uh, at yeah, she was three and a half years old. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you know, we thought, okay, we got through that, right? Yeah. And uh, we, you put your head down, and what, what do you do? You move forward, right? And um, so then we had Matt, uh, who was our third child. And after six months, we noticed that something was uh, not right, and it turned out that uh, Matt w- had a very rare form of a genetic a genetic form called uh, mitochondrial disease. Hmm. that it turns out that it's probably 99% chance that's what Katie had. So anyway, wow. he was diagnosed, and Nancy and I looked at each other and said, yeah, here we go again, hmm. right? Right. So, you know, is uh, Matt going to live three years? Is he going to live five years? Is he going to live ten years? And we started to pass those uh, those milestones, milestones yeah. and it turns out he's 31 today. Wow, and he's, yeah. He is. You you met him. Oh you know? yeah. He's, oh yeah. Uh, I see him every Sunday. He is a he is a piece of work in a positive way. That's right. Nobody <laughs> knows me. I'm Matt's dad. He's, exactly. Uh, everybody knows Matt. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so he he loves life. He's 31, but he is handicapped. Uh, he's in a wheelchair. He uh, you know has a hard time in coordination. You would uh, most people don't understand him when he speaks, but. He's cognitively very bright. He busts my chops every day. <laughs> and uh, so you can get, kind of get a sense of our life. Two yeah. handicapped kids, uh, one that uh, died. And, you know, I, I'll say that after Matt was born, that's kind of where we hit bottom, right? And, okay. um, you know, people recover from deaths differently. Then you get uh, a second handicapped child. The divorce rate is 50% as it is. So yeah. Nancy and I end up being separated for six months. Wow. That was our low, our low point. But wow. we came out of that. Yeah. We, we came out of that, obviously. We've been married now 39 years and, you know, through support of friends and a lot of prayer from friends. So that that's the good news. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Pretty incredible. So seeing seeing your family together just it, it really is inspirational because um you know you you obviously your 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 path changed significantly um and the decisions that you make are different um than decisions that that those of us that don't have a handicapped child um have the luxury of making quite frankly um so tell us a little bit about what life is like for the typical family that's raising a uh, a young adult who is handicapped. Well, I, I, there are many different types of handicap, but physically handicapped, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it, you can imagine that, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you the way it is today. Yeah. <laughs> All our friends are empty nesters and Nancy and I really are, uh, pretty much locked at home if we don't have care. Right. So we're, uh, saying no to a lot of trips. We're saying no to a lot of nights out. You know, in the morning, it's uh, out of bed, onto a wheelchair, off the wheelchair, onto the the John, off the John, back to the wheelchair, dressing, bathing, eating, meds. Yep. You kind of get the picture, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. The, the part I like to 
tell Jeff is that, you know, the, as Nancy and I started to recover from all this, and it was around the time that you and I met, we uh, got more involved in our church. We uh, each joined a small group. I had a men's small group. I went on a couple retreats. That's where you and I met. That's right. And we started to grow, right? And it was uh, in one of the, that small group uh, men in 2009, we did a study called Divine Design. And it said, basically, how do you use your gifts? And that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the tone of this uh, podcast, right? How Correct. do you use your right. gifts? your spiritual gifts and your life experiences, right? Right. Um, For the kingdom. And so after that study, I looked at a buddy of mine named Matt and said, uh, you know, I think I'm supposed to start this wheelchair sports program. (laughs) My son's been aging out of high, is aging out of high school and I've seen his friends aging out. They've been playing wheelchair sports, non-competitive at the Y. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you age out of high school, everything stops. Right. And, um, so let, I think we're supposed to address that issue. And uh, instead of them being isolated at home, let, let's build something that they can have athletic, the opportunity for athletics and social events. So long story short, I got back from a, I had a scrimmage yesterday. There were 35 Titans. Yep. They call the themselves Titans. the Titans, yeah. right? I'm sorry to confuse folks, but they're young adults with physical disabilities. And... Um, <laughs> You know, they, they come into the gym, it's heaven on earth. So that's yeah. what we do. We, we cool. give them an opportunity. They could care less if they're on the on the gym floor or if they're on the sideline, yeah. right? Having a good time. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that, well, that's awesome. And so in starting the Titans organization – um, yeah. With the assistance of, of some of the people at, at the church, and and you've and yeah. you've grown it to be a huge, huge um, blessing to our community. Um, people in North Atlanta, if they ever want to uh, um, have have really uh, an ex- a really interesting and exciting Saturday morning, go check out the Titans games. They they'll, they'll even put you in a chair and let you try to compete, but um, wow. it's, it's pretty difficult uh, from what I could tell. <laughs> but at any rate, um, you, so you you did that and you built up the Titans while you were still working in the in the corporate world. I'm assuming is that correct? That's right. I was working. Um, the Titans, uh, that nonprofit, on the weekends and during the evening because I felt it was my calling. And quite frankly, my job be- became the instrument to fund my passion. Okay, makes right. perfect sense. That does make perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, well, and that's what we, we talk about that a lot in the show, too, yeah. about using your you know, your vo- vocation or, or your whatever resources you have to influence society in a meaningful way. But So tell us about this transition from that corporate world to full-time being the full-time executive director of this new foundation that has grown, I guess, out of the Titans. Yeah, so maybe first, uh, um, it, it got a little busier after the Titans because uh, yes. we, we we wanted to solve the problem of what, you know, them being alone and isolated. Then we, as parents, and you can imagine for them as young adults that are cognitively bright, they're saying, what's going to happen to me when my parents can no longer take care of me? So we looked around for independent living opportunities and we couldn't find any. We looked all literally all over the country. So we decided to start that ourselves. So we're solving that problem with a place called uh, Champions Place. It'll house uh, 16 young adults. It's going to be the first of its kind here in Atlanta. 
Uh, I'll tell, we'll probably talk more about that. But with that, Jeff, that that became it came to the point where I, I, I was uh, really second guessing. I'm trying to decide what I'm supposed to do because I couldn't do either very yeah. well at that point. So but in November, two years, three years ago, almost November of uh, 2016, series of events kind of um, happened and it made it very obvious to me. I was talking to at, at the end of November, I was talking to the executive director of a major foundation and he was mentoring me and uh, helping me through the process. And, and right when they made the award to us, he looked at me and he said, Rick, when are you going to quit corporate and be the executive director of this foundation? Yeah. And I just kind of looked at him like, <laughs> I can't believe he's asking me this, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, he almost was saying, if you want us to award this to you, you better become the executive director. <laughs> right. And the next uh, week, I was invited to Chicago to speak at a Faith at Work um, a group that a friend of mine named Mike Z Zaborowski that uh, he organizes. And after I was done speaking to the group, a, a buddy name of his name, Brian, said, hey, I can't talk to you right now, but can we talk on Tuesday? And I'll put that off for a second. I'll come back to that. He, he ran in a, uh, a nonprofit himself and he said, I have to talk to you. So then before leaving town, coming back to Atlanta, uh, I gave Mike Zaborowski, who is one of our key supporters. And I, I, anybody that supports us like that, I'm going to give him an update on the nonprofit. So right. I'm giving him an update and I pull out the, the job description for executive director. And he looks at me and says, that is going to be you, isn't it? OK, so OK, so, so, that's, so there's number. Can you take a hand? Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not over yet. So then I get <laughs> back to Chicago and on Tuesday, this Brian and calls me up. Uh, that I had just met, and he goes, uh, Rick, I, I started my nonprofit. I'm the executive director. Nobody has the passion to do this like you. You have to do this. There's nobody else that can do it. Yeah. That was that was on a Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I got a call from HR uh, at the company I was working uh, at, and they offered me a package to leave the company. Wow. <laughs> kidding. Wow. You're kidding. So Pastor Steve says, uh, you know, when they open it, sometimes they op he opens a door and then he closes another one. I didn't think he was going to slam it in your face. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, with all that said, yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. That's how the transition happened. Well, yep. I, I, you know, Ashley and I have attended the, the annual gala a time or two and just watching you and Nancy. Um, from the outside looking in, it's it's pretty clear to me that you're right. You're right where you're supposed to be. I mean, I, I, I can't I can't think of anyone who who can be as passionate um, and can tell the story and and something you have a gift for. I mean, over breakfast, this became obvious to me because I was number one. You're a great communicator about what it's about, and of course, obviously. It couldn't be more authentic because you're living it. You're living with the challenges that some of these parents have and, and, and obviously are well aware of, of what these young adults are going through. But one of your gifts is collaboration. And uh, you may not be able to speak specifically about who some of these individuals are, but I, I was just blown away by the way you've pulled together and have some opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how some of these organizations are investing in Champions Place in particular and what's going to be unique about it and what your goal is um, for, for maybe after after uh, project number one? Um, 
Well, sure. I, I, I think there's a general theme. And I, I kind of when I started this, I said, look, if it's no longer my plan and it's his plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I told him every I tell him every morning um, if there's a door you open, I'll walk through it. So that kind of led us to, you know, people in this church that we're in, Jeff, that yeah. are extremely generous. Right. Yeah. And doors that open there. Yeah. Uh, my my Bucknell network of friends. I mean, I just went to Bucknell and we, we spoke to the school of business because over 40 Bucknellians are now involved in this, you know, and they're friends that wanted to help, you know, um, we, we were led to Georgia tech right here in Atlanta. Right. And, uh, they used, uh, doors open there and the, the school of design used champions place in their design, uh, school to give the students uh, a real life opportunity to work on. And then they have another group called tools for life. And, um, they're working with us in the technology of the home. I mean, and, and combine that with another door that opened, uh, Google, right? So in our home today, it used to be, Dad, Mom, would you turn on the lights? Would you turn on my TV? Would you call, you know, Uncle Bob? And now my son, who speaks through a talker to Google, pushes a few buttons and says, hey, Google, play Christian music so he can worship. Hey, Google, turn on the TV. Hey, Google, he could call you right now, Jeff, if you were in his his Google contacts. So um, Georgia, uh, turns out that Vince Dooley's son, uh, grandson, excuse me, is is very interested in living at Champions Place. So they've been involved. Wow. Uh, He has cerebral palsy. Yeah. And then Tommy Hilfiger, go figure, Tommy Hilfiger. They make adaptive clothing. Wow. And both Tommy Hilfiger and Google, with their adaptive products that I've mentioned, want to use Champions Place as uh, a beta test site. Think of it as an incubator for new and existing products to test them. That's and, incredible. Uh, yeah. So we went from, uh, I'm in a Bible study, and uh, I think I'm supposed to start this thing, to uh, <laughs> several years later, I've, I've got Google, Tommy Hilfiger, George, <laughs> the Dooley family, Georgia Tech, uh, and some pretty large foundations. It's just uh, yeah. So sometimes yeah, this this stuff's bigger than than one person. Yeah. Well, you're you know, just this is, yeah yeah. Well, that's great that you yeah. recognize that you're you're just a resource. <laughs> you're just another, but you're but yeah. you've certainly uh, been a catalyst, and it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting. And and I know you mentioned that um, that this can be a prototype that you can help other cities and communities and states try to replicate what you guys figure out here because because there's not anything quite like this is that is that am i understanding that correctly if you're if you're um the the only thing we can find that's out there today for physically challenged young adults is really a nursing home Hmm. and there are examples of that and that's not a viable option yeah so yeah if we only build one champion's place we i think we've failed uh we need to we need to replicate it yeah um and and you know it's more than just 16 young adults uh, living there it's also the social hub for the 90 to 100 titans that grew from the five back in 2009 in my living room yeah and um you know our our our, we can't have all the parties in our front yard anymore having 40 (laughs) vans on our street really doesn't work right so so and uh so you think about it it'll be one it'll be the independent solution for 16 young adults it'll be the social hub for the hundred yeah and it'll be uh incubator for 
us to come up with best practices to share with thousands of young adults with physical disabilities. So pretty incredible. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty incredible. It's a blessing. You have anything, Mike? Yeah. You want to ask? Rick, I, I actually have a couple. The first is, you know, Rick, if you if you hadn't received that, I, I lost count. The fourth calling there, <laughs> where the, your company pushed you out with a pretty incredible package, would you have had it, the courage to take this step, or would it have? Would you have delayed it? I'm just thinking of our listeners who maybe have felt this nudge. Uh, like you have and and maybe haven't had the courage to act and then second because this the show is about aligning your financial resources that God's given you stewardship responsibility over with meaning and purpose in your life was there a time when you felt financially I'm not ready to make this transition so God this this can't be right now um, where you were just you know waiting on the resources or, or personally felt like you didn't have the resources so kind of two-part question there yeah Look, look, and I'm 62. I can't handle one question. Let, let <laughs> but, but uh, you know, the, the first one, it was a leap of faith. I, I wasn't ready, but I'll tell you, it was very comforting to get the two by four between the eyes yeah. four times to, to, to know that he was behind me. Yeah. When you know it's his plan, it's a lot easier, yeah, right? Sure. And yeah. so I sat down with Nancy, and we looked at this thing, and and and, and said, "Well, it's obvious what we have to do. Look what our look at our life, and look at the skills that I've uh, acquired. You know, leadership, administration, whatever yeah. that is. I, right. I've got to do this." So that was that to me wasn't as hard as the financial. The financial was hard for me because yeah. I was always bringing in a big, well, relatively big paycheck. Right. And, you know, it, that, that gives you freedom. But, you know, I think you can, Nancy and I did certain things as we were going through, you know, our, our, our 50s, late 40s and 50s. We just knocked out all debt, hmm. right? And we uh, wanted to be in a position where we would have, you know, this opportunity to be independent. And, um so I just have to, you know, I would just encourage folks to to think about those types of things because, you know, it just is so freeing and it gives you the opportunity. Now, with that said, we're still nervous. Um, yeah. And uh, we still uh, wonder. We, we'd like to get a few more years under our belt. <laughs> right. But for now... For now, we're committed, and this yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah, well, yeah. that's well. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible, and I and I tell you, there's there's tons of uh, lessons here, but just a lot of encouragement. And I I, I want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing. Um, so the most important thing I'm going to ask you now is how can the audience learn more about what you guys are doing? How can they get involved? And um, what are some of the ways they could they could check you guys out and 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 maybe partner with you in some meaningful way? Well, the, the simple way is obviously to go to the website, which is uh, championscommunityfoundation.org, um, or you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my number is 678-777-3723. And we, uh, we have a very deep team of volunteers, and there is plenty to do. Jeff, as you said, the best first step if you're in Atlanta is come to a scrimmage and we will and bring your family because if you have children, we will put them in 
wheelchairs and um, it'll be a life-changing experience for them they'll yeah. walk out of that that gym uh, and they won't even see the wheelchairs anymore yeah they'll see the people in them yeah. so it's a it's a great thing but really amazing. feel free to reach out i'd be happy to answer any questions well rick thanks for sharing this uh, this is really I, I think this um i think this money and meaning stories might be might be something we should do once in a while getting getting these kinds of stories about people that have really followed a calling that um that was put on their heart and doing what was necessary in terms of their planning yeah but um really just you've you sort of uh you know you you've you've uh you've burned the boats behind you so to speak and and, and dove in so rick thanks so much for being with us today on the money meeting show mike anything else you want to chime in on here before I, we wrap it up i actually um you set the bar pretty high there rick <laughs> I, without knowing you be, prior to this conversation i'm i'm moved and so thank you for your obedience there and your um and your courage, even though you said it didn't take <laughs> as much, um, but but that's wonderful. And so, folks, if you have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have, um, I'd invite you to check out previous episodes of the Money and Meaning podcast. You can do so a couple of different ways. You can find us on uh, on iTunes podcast as well. You can search uh, Money and Meaning right there, and I'd encourage you to rate the podcast and share it with your friends if you like the content. And second way is you can always check out previous episodes as well as Jeff's latest blog on the website tandemgrowth.com forward slash perspectives. On behalf of Jeff Bernier and our guest today, Rick, myself, we'll see you next time here for Money and Meaning with Jeff Bernier. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors LLC does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same. 